Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. And joining me is Billboard's editorial director, Jason Lip. Shot, 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 shot. Shots. Hi, Jason. What's up, man? How are you? I'm <laughs> good. I'm in I'm in LA. You're in LA. I was with you in New York last week and now you are here with me in LA. We really are like jet setting. I like it. We are super Where will we be next week? Uh where would you like to be, Jason? I don't know. Maybe we'll Vegas, be... Miami. No. Tune in next week to find Sydney, out. Sydney, Australia. <laughs> uh, maybe not. Um well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one stop shop. For all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts, and you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today, Keith, on the show, we will talk about a little album called Reputation. You may have heard of it. From the artist known as Taylor Swift. Are you ready for it? It's finally out. Plus the return of Eminem and his new Beyonce-assisted single. And what big albums are left to come out this year. We'll talk about some of the big ones we're especially looking forward to. And uh, in charts news, we've got more Taylor Swift news. More Taylor Swift. Hey, can never have enough. Um, We'll be talking about how how well Reputation is selling. Uh, Hint, incredibly well and we'll uh, discuss sam smith debuting at number one on the billboard 200 with the thrill of it all and hot 100 news about camila cabello maroon 5 and rihanna very nice but if, but first of course before we get started if you enjoy the podcast subscribe to the show on itunes so you never ever 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 miss an episode Give us a rating or review while you're at it. Not enough reviews lately, man. What's going on? <laughs> I just want I just want more reviews. Well, um, I don't know. If you want Keith to smile more than he's ever smiled before. We smile all the time. Yeah, that's yeah, that probably wouldn't be true. Um <laughs> and if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. That's plural. That is plural. Let's Podcasts. hit let's hit some of the biggest headlines. On Billboard.com. All right. So Taylor Swift reputation. It finally comes out last Friday. Um, you just spent some time with it. I did. What'd you think? I, I, I belatedly got into it. I should have I should have been a little bit. You weren't ready for it on Friday, <laughs> as Taylor would say. No. I mean, I'm not like uh, like Taylor, like number one Taylor fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not like not, a, not an unfan either. That's not what I meant. I mean... Um, I didn't really come around to like the Taylor train until um, I knew I knew you were trouble, like yeah. sort of that era when. And I've said this before on the show, but I'm like, I remember seeing her on the AMAs perform "I knew knew you were trouble," and I was just like, "Whoa, this is amazing!" And uh, so, yeah, I I apologize for not listening to it at midnight on Thursday night. That's okay. Um, but listen to the album, and as always, Taylor Swift knows how to write a damn catchy song. Um, it's just full of catchy songs. And I feel like there's a lot more sort of like hip hop leaning numbers on it. Um, and I I feel like there's sort of maturity and growth as well. And it feels like it's a very different kind of tailor than it was on 1989. Um, whereas at least with 1989, you kind of felt like there was like, like still a lot of sort of like, oh, everything is shiny and new. And yeah. like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, sort of developing into, you know, with the tailor, you know, now, and now it's just like, 
well, look what you made me do. You know, it's like a very yeah. different Taylor. I don't know. You've you've lived with this album a little bit more than I have, though. Yeah, it's. It, I I agree with your take on it. It is kind of like the Funhouse Mirror version of 1989, where it's still <laughs> decidedly a pop album, but at the same time, it's this kind of cracked version of 1989, where yeah. you think about how 1989 started with Welcome to New York, and it's all fun and springtime and lovely and. Um, and this one is just like goes into like a much harsher tone. Yeah, I mean, it's the first song on the album is "Ready for It," which yeah. is like it's like has this like weird sort of industrial like. Yeah. Are you ready for it? And yeah. it has like, and then she like starts rapping at you. It's like if that doesn't sort of set the tone for what you're about to like Old fall Taylor's into. Dead. Yeah, but don't we all love Old Taylor? Yeah. Yeah. Know. Well. Here's but the did thing. we ever really know the Old Taylor? Mm, mm. Touche. Mm. I I think I think that. My my take on the album is like it's definitely not a perfect album by by any sense. Uh, I would say that Taylor probably doesn't think it's a perfect album. I think it's a very raw album, and I think that it's incredibly ambitious, and I appreciate that ambition. Like I I think that like the worst thing Taylor could have done is like 1989 Part Two. Here are more pop songs. Look more pop. But this is like this is definitely like a refracted through a very crappy year version of pop do you feel like it's like a cohesive album all the way through where it's like this is like a statement album the whole thing yeah that's the thing is that i i, I think it's actually like the most cohesive album in terms of the production that she's ever put out um, oh, production wise definitely like yeah. it's all it all hangs together and it, it and it also really feels like her first linear al- linear album where it starts off like very like fiery and and raw and energetic and then at the end she's kind of found peace the more through, romantic sort of yeah songs. through a relationship and she's kind of picked up the pieces and it's uh it's really interesting and um I I recommend it um Taylor also uh, endorsed your Billboard uh. Uh, was it? Do we call it a review? What did you write about it? Yeah, I guess it was a review. I mean, we don't actually technically call them reviews, yeah. but you did sort of a I piece just wrote about it. Something about Taylor Swift's album. And yeah, then she Instagrammed sort of like highlights from it. I know. Look at that. Like what the hell? Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty crazy. I was cleaning up my house. I got a text uh, when not- your cell phone m- melted. <laughs> it actually i didn't get that many texts actually um <laughs> what taylor didn't reach out to you no directly? she did not she did does not. she follow you on twitter no i don't, I don't think, think she so. actually doesn't follow anyone now does yeah, she? yeah i don't think i don't think i don't think she does well maybe yeah maybe now she will you're this much closer to an interview this much this closer. much closer um some some of my sort of initial reactions yeah let's go through them um um i did something bad uh which is the third track on the album my I said I was bopping. Like if if you were bopping, I was like my head was like full on bopping. That's cool. Um, I, I thought it's a good bop. Um, I thought "Don't Blame Me," uh, which is the fourth track on the album, is just it sounds huge. Um, it's like a total anthem track, and it has this great uh, line that she keeps saying over and over: "Don't blame me. Love made me crazy. If it doesn't, if it doesn't, you ain't doing it right." Don't blame me. Love made. See, yeah. and it just sticks in your head. Like, oh, Great. Lord, save me. My drug is my baby, and I'll be using it for the rest of my life. Like, yeah. it's like it has this sort of weird, like, kind of like gospel, like, you know, church vibe. Yeah. Which, which <laughs> is weird because you're talking about like love is a drug, and, you know, but. Um, I like it. Yeah, I don't know. And I, just, I mean, really, you sort of go on and on from each album, I mean, from each song. And um, I thought it was interesting how there were like sort of callbacks to certain things. Like, mm-hmm. when you hear Gorgeous, um, it it reminds me of blank space because there's that ting and like yep. it has like these sound effects that sort of 
do a callback. Um, and Getaway Car, I thought, sounded... Like, when it first started, I'm like, oh, this must be a Jack Antonoff Yeah, track. that that is... Um, when I when I heard the album for the first time, I was like, oh, this is very Antonoffian. Yeah, Antonoffian. Yeah. Is that a... Is that a you know? That's just me. Um, well, what do you guys think of Taylor's album? You can always uh, tweet us and tell us what you think. Chime in. Yeah. Be, be part of the discussion. Reviews. Reviews. Comments. Instead of giving us a review on iTunes, Thieves. you can just tell us all about Taylor Swift on Twitter. You have more than 140 characters now, you know. It's true. Yeah. So, Keith, Let's I, don't move know, on. I don't know if you heard, <laughs> but Eminem is back. He's back and, again. Oh, tell your friends. Yeah. That song. Um, so he he has a famous friend, actually Beyonce. I wonder if they are friends. I you never know. I mean, back in you know, well, I mean, and Jay Z toured together, right? Well, yeah, oh. and they they did. Um, one of my favorite uh, Jay Z song is uh is with Eminem, Renegades. Oh yeah, okay. Um, so anyway, Eminem, Beyonce, Walk on Water, his new single came out same day as Reputation. Yeah. Features Beyonce sing the chorus. Busy Friday. Um, seems like it's it's Eminem season. What uh, what what do we uh, think of the track? I think I think Beyonce is just that's that's a it's the hook is great. Like yeah. the, the chorus is great. Um, I've never been like a huge fan of Eminem in general. We've talked about this on the Pop Shop podcast before. Um, yeah. Oh really, man? Your memory is like a steel trap. I try. Um, so what do we think of the song? Well, I think that the the hook I would I would say even Eminem would agree that the hook is the strongest part of the song. Okay. No offense to Eminem, but I, I think, think that you just it's, offended him. But you know, you have like basically offended a an, new Beyonce. Eminem. Offended Eminem. Ooh. I feel like you have a new Beyonce hook. You have to appreciate that. You have to just like build a fine everything line. around it. You have to let it. You have to let it breathe. You have to let it sit. And look, Eminem's doing his thing. Cool. Uh, give me that Beyonce hook. Give me that Beyonce hook. So you're saying you're not really like a huge fan of his verses? No, but it, you know it'll be interesting to see how this song does because uh, if you compare this with his collaborations with Rihanna, um, or you know e- even it, the um, I Need a Doctor, he's had a, a bunch of singles recently with female pop artists delivering the hook. Right. This is definitely a slower tempo. Yeah. I feel like Love the Way You Lie immediately is like more of a, oh, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Like this is like a little bit harder of a sell because his verses are about like him trying to basically like outdo himself and like be like write a better song, you know? So I don't know. Well, we'll see. It's Eminem. Eminem. And Beyonce. What do you guys think? What do you think? Of Walk on Water. Engage with us. Engage. Do you you believe that this could walk to the top of the charts? On water? (laughs) Um, So lastly, Keith. Taylor Swift's reputation, it's out, okay? What other big albums are going to drop before the end of the year? Now, hmm. we only have, what? We only have, like, a month and a half left before before 2018, so... Crazy. All right, let's 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 talk about what we are especially looking forward to. Now, you... you uh, I came up with a list. You came up with a great but list. I think you did, too. Yeah, I did as well, but yours is much more neat than mine. I just did, like, <laughs> the little iPhone notes, like, ah, oh, like, see ya. Well, maybe there's stuff on your list that's not on mine. No, I think you caught it all. Oh, okay. See ya. Every day is Christmas. Coming out this November week. 17th. It's on Friday. Great. Bob Seeger, I Knew You When. Same day. Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, The Rest of Our Lives. Um, uh, yeah, is it The Rest of Our Life? I think so. Because yeah. it's our life. And I think it's their first time they've done a full-on duets album. Yeah. Uh, even though they've done duets together. That comes out this Friday as well. Um, 
one of my favorite artists, if not my favorite artist. Your girl. My girl, Bjork. Back with Utopia, November 24th. I've only heard the one song, actually. I haven't been, like, sent the album. Man. I know. It's kind of, it's kind of messed I'm up. I'm pumped. I, I'm not, I'm not, a, eh, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried about this album, but Bjork's, Bjork's my fave, man. Bjork's Bjork. Would you have a favorite Bjork album? Um, I really like the first two albums, but I think everyone really liked the first two albums. And then Debut I think I kind of, like, fell off the, the, the Bjork train when it started to get really weird, but, um... <laughs> get really weird well it's always really weird well it's great about her i think um as and this happens with a lot of artists i think certain artists their weirdness happens to to meet at the right time when pop culture and music fans can appreciate that weirdness so like prince's weirdness what was at its zenith in like 84 to like 89 and that's when the public were like wow i love this weird whatever this weird thing is they love it and he continued to be weird but we kind of drifted away from that so I think with Bjork, that was like when it synced up. You're looking at me like you want to rush out the door. No, no, I, <laughs> I hear you. I, I, no, I was gonna say you could kind of say that about that about Taylor Swift in this album. Um, anyway, well, I don't think oh, you can't compare Taylor Swift's reputation to a Bjork like fourth album. Well, this is a pretty weird Taylor Swift album. Still man, full in a good of way. like catchy pop songs. If she does an, uh, a full album with just throat singers, as Bjork did with Medulla. Okay, yeah, that would be weird. Let's do it. All I'm right. all about it. So after Bjork on the 24th, <laughs> you two. Songs of Experience, December first. It'll it'll soon materialize in your iTunes library, whether you like it or not. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> did you get the joke, Jason? I did. You're just like so focused on reading. You're not even paying attention. Well, I wanted to get to this next one because I'm really excited about this. Miguel is back. War and Leisure. I've I've heard a lot of this album, and it's awesome. Hmm. I uh, told you so is the single that came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, definitely a fan of that song. The album's really great. People who loved Kaleidoscope Dream from five years ago. Really Has it been five years? Since five it's... years, yeah, man. Twenty twelve. And he had. And there's no album in between. Um, no, he did. Oh, he did. Okay. Um, so if you like Kaleidoscope Dream, that's what you're referring to. Yeah. You're not referring to whatever his last album was. Yeah, Wild Heart. Oh, okay. oh, I blanked on the title, but it is Wild. Heart. So good, you forgot what it was. No, that actually was a really cool album. Talk about ambitious, but yeah, for this this one's definitely going to be a little bit catchier. Got then it. you have Chris Stapleton, fresh off the CMAs, from a room, volume two. December 1st and then of course Luke Bryan what makes you country what makes you country um what makes you country what was the Jason Aldean album title that you kept saying on the pop shop podcast a couple weeks ago uh because you were talking about Thomas Rhett being number one on the Billboard 200 oh right um it came out a year ago it it was (laughs) but something about us uh but you 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 had a very fun inflection Jason Aldean they don't know I think yeah you you kept saying it they don't know they don't know um they don't know so anyway yeah those are we still got a lot of good stuff before the uh usually most most big stuff drops before uh Thanksgiving but this year we've got a whole lot of well because Usually the way this used to work was that Thanksgiving would be a Thursday. New albums would come out on uh, Tuesday each week. So you'd have these huge new releases come out on Tuesday in time for Thursday and Friday, yeah. well, in time for Friday, Black Friday shopping. This year we don't have that. Um, and I think that sort of goes to show you how, you know, uh, the release schedule because of how albums come out on Friday now. Still, there should have been an album that came out on the day after Thanksgiving. There still yeah. should have been some huge album, but... Um, it just you know with re- the way people buy music now, maybe they just felt like eh, and maybe well, also because like maybe big you know music retailers are just like 
nope, we're not going to devote that much space in our stores to new albums. Tell you what, man, I was in a Target last night. And all you saw was t- Taylor Swift. Saw tons of Taylor That's Swift. That's all you saw. Not that much else. That's it. Saw a couple Sam Smith, a couple Kelly Clarkson, but not, that, me- not that many Target's options. music section is pretty paltry, but I don't blame them considering yeah, exactly. no one really goes there to buy music anymore. All right, man. Let's move on to chart stuff. Let's do it. Let's run the Billboard chart numbers and do the chart chat. Here are three of the biggest headlines on the charts. Number one, Taylor Swift's reputation should easily debut at number one on the Billboard 200 next week with a huge number. But, but how, how huge? big? How huge? How big will it be? Well, we'll find out in just a moment. Sam Smith's number one on the Billboard 200 with his new album, The Thrill of It All, and it's his first number one. And lastly, on the Hot 100, Maroon 5 hits the top 10. Rihanna scores yet another hit. And can Camila Cabello hit number one? We'll talk about that in just a second. Let's break down each of these individually. First up, Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. hey On his first day, according to Nielsen Music, Reputation sold 700,000 copies in the U.S. And by its third day in stores on Sunday night, it had sold more than 925,000 copies. Now, industry forecasters suggest it will surpass a million in the week ending November 16th, which really seems like a lock, let's be honest. Yeah. And it could surpass the debut of Swift's last album, 1989, which started with 1.287. One point, I want to say like 187 on the undercover cop. No, 1.287 million in its first week, as I just weave Snoop Dogg in there. That was Snoop and Dre, wasn't it? Yes. He lost me, man. No, never mind. All right. (laughs) Obviously, this all means unless something really crazy happens, Reputation should debut at number one on next week's Billboard 200 chart. Um,. Keith. Aside from the fact that this is just Taylor Swift, Jason, why? how can Taylor continue to sell a million copies in her first week when no one else can sell albums? So, two things. <laughs> two things. First of all, this is actually selling better than I thought it would. Me too. Um, I think I know. I have a, I have, I have a, I have a suggestion as to why, but I want to hear okay. why you think. Well, here's the thing about Taylor Swift. I think the whole narrative of the last year and a half was like, Oh, Taylor's over. She got exposed on Snapchat and blah, blah, blah. Okay, look, I'm sure that turned whatever happened last year turned some people off. Taylor Swift was still headlining stadiums. She's still a huge artist. Right. So the fact that people thought that this was going to be a flop because, oh, her first single only was number one for three weeks instead of six weeks or something like that. Like, no, she's still a huge superstar. Right. And I think, well, I want to hear what you have to say in terms of why this would beat 1989, because even I did not expect that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, when you say like, oh, Taylor Swift is selling out stadiums. Yeah. I'm like, so does Kenny Chesney. So does Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran is not selling a million albums in a, in a single week. Yeah. So. I think there's a, a her fan base is incredibly passionate and they they are invested in this concept of we got to do a million in a week. Like I think she has a lot of fans that are like that. Yeah. And she has a very young um energized fan base. I think also what's happening is that um like her last album 1989 there is a um there is a I don't want to call it a scheme because that sounds nefarious. It's more of about <laughs> It's not a, I don't mean it in that way. It's like it's it's a way to entice people to buy multiple copies of the album. Um, so for her new album, she's doing this thing with Ticketmaster where if you engage with her on a fan basis, where if you purchase multiple albums, pre-order albums, tweet things about her, buy merchandise, you can get these things called boosts 
yeah, um, yeah. that boost you in line in order to purchase tickets for her tour. So um, it gives you a better shot at getting better seats. And so I think a lot of people, or maybe some people, probably very passionate fans, bought multiple copies of albums. Then again, passionate fans often buy multiple copies of albums. Um, and her last album, 1989, she did this thing called the uh, Swift Stakes, where oh, yeah. there were 1,989 prizes that she gave away um, in a drawing where if you bought the album during first week, each album came with a unique code and that code could be entered into the Swift Stakes and you could then win one of 1,989 prizes. So people were encouraged probably to buy multiple copies of the album. A lot of prizes. Also, Taylor Swift is also a huge superstar and she's going to sell a ton of albums no matter what. Can I give a quick shout out? To Taylor Swift? Well, yeah, sure. But also, uh, Billboard's... Uh, editorial team has been doing such a superb job of reporting and not uh, obviously the charts team as well this is what you guys do you guys are superb nonstop as well as our look- editorial I'm, team I'm not looking I'm to saying, you for some sort of we've like, had, buttery we've had some amazing things written about Taylor Swift's album uh, on Billboard.com and in Billboard magazine over the past week or so um, so please check them out. They're the really smart takes on how this album is doing commercially. And they aren't hot takes. They are smart takes. They're smart takes. Um, all right. Well, uh, next up, bleh, before Taylor Swift, my bleh, before Taylor Swift can take over the Billboard 200 next week, Sam Smith is our current champ. His The Thrill of It All debuts at number one this week with 237,000 equivalent album units earned in the week ending November 9th with 185,000 of that in traditional album sales, which is his best sales week ever. Uh, J-Dog, how are yeah. you feeling about Sam Smith's album? I know we've talked about it before. Yeah, pretty good. Um, but you like it? Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, I, I think that I I want, I, I think that he's really good at what he does. I want him, my favorite Sam Smith song is Disclosure featuring Sam Smith, the song Lash. I would love some more up-tempo, dancey Sam Give Smith Give me a moments. Sam Smith dance dance album. But stop you know it what? with the ballads. But I don't want to say stop it with the ballads because he's good at the ballads. I just, I Can we have a little of both? Yeah, that's, I, listen man, I'm, I've been saying that about Adele as well. Give me a, an Ooh, Adele I'll, like disco album. I'll give Let's you some, go. I'll give you some, um, there's some good uh, remixes of Adele's uh, Rolling in the Deep on SoundCloud yeah. that I really, really like. Send them on over. Um, send your remix to my new remixer. It's like, send my love to your new lover. No, never mind. All right, lastly, over on the Hot 100, Camila Cabello's Havana. Hell, Havana, Havana. Havana, stop it. I'm just just yelling at myself to stop. Holds at number two, and it gains. Uh, Can she knock Post Malone's Rockstar out of the top slot next week? Well, if her new remix of Havana featuring Daddy Yankee has anything to say about it, maybe. Um, That remix came out last Friday. Um, It's kind of like a Spanglish version of the song. Um, And Havana is sale priced for just 69 cents uh, in the iTunes store, so it's clear that they're hoping that they can jump to number one. But Rockstar is also on sale for just 69 cents. Um, the wild card in all this, of course, is Eminem's new single. Uh, it's too early to tell where it could debut next week, um, but it is at this point like behind Havana on iTunes. So, hmm. Hang tight and stay tuned to Billboard.com as we uh, follow these developing stories. Um, elsewhere in the top 10, Maroon 5 jumps to uh, the top 10 with their new single, What Lovers Do, featuring SZA. Um, and it's their 13th 
top 10 single, extending their mark for the most top 10s among groups in the 2000s and 2010s. Wow. Dating back to their first top 10, This Love, back in 2004. Pretty cool to have SZA in the top 10 of the Hot 100. Yeah. Um, Outside the top 10, Rihanna earns her 61st chart hit. That's 61 hits, people. Wow. Uh, With her featured turn on NERD's Lemon, which bows at number 65. It's, believe it or not, NERD's first Hot 100 hits. Really? They never charted on the Hot 100. Rockstar didn't make it? No. No. Strange. I love, we can go on about how good Rockstar is. If you don't know, if you haven't listened to Rockstar, we're probably playing it right now under uh, Jason and I talking about Rockstar. We're talking about NERD's Rockstar, not Post Malone's Rockstar, which is currently number one. Yeah, and not Nickelback's Rockstar. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, where are you going to go with that? Oh. Um, all right. Now it's time for the chart stat of the week. 25 years ago this week, The Heights hit number one on the Hot 100 with How Do You Talk to an Angel? The song ascended to the top of the chart dated November 14th, 1992, and spent two weeks at number one. And here's the thing the band existed in name only as featured in Fox TV's short-lived TV series called The Heights. The song's lead vocals were performed by singer-actor Jamie Walters, who also co-starred in the TV show. Can I just interject? Of course. So, you know, you do the charts out of the week every week. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be, I'm more passionate about charts that are you gonna tell week. me that i already did this one no 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 because i may have i'm gonna tell you that i've never I, i'm sure i would recognize this song i've never i've you no don't recollection know the song. of this song no wow none I, I i i stared at it on the script and i was like i have no idea what this is so it goes how do you talk to an angel how do you hold it close to yeah. where you are yeah i'm sure i'm sure i would recognize it if i heard it but just from your reinterpretation, which was lovely, uh, oh, yeah, I have no, I have no recollection of this when, song. When Jason, I don't know the heights. They had one song. This was it. I know that's what I'm saying. It's like it I wasn't even a real. No band. idea what's going on. All right. Well, it was the first song from a TV series to hit number one on the Hot 100 since 1985, when the Miami Vice theme topped the chart from Jan Hammer, of course. Uh, more than likely, people remember How Do You Talk to an Angel more than the series it came from. The show lasted about two months on the air and was canceled less than a week after the song fell from number one. Uh, so there you have it. 25 years ago this week, a song that Jason does not remember, uh, How Do You Talk to an Angel, hit number one. That's a pretty That's a pretty wild story. Like, yeah. I... So, you know, obviously, so the fall... So... The fall TV premieres come out, and uh, some of these shows get canceled after a couple weeks, a month or two. This song, this this show, had a number one hit single, yeah, on Hot 100, and it still just got canceled. Like, how does that happen? The show must have been so popular, but only for the song. Like, <laughs> it's it, it, so crazy. Well, I mean, think think of, I mean, this. It it just it was a really catchy song. Um, they, I, I know it I'm is mystified. It it is really weird, but you, I, I can't even think of what it's comparable to. Yeah, I mean the '90s were a crazy time, you know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I never saw the show. Oh man. I mean, but there were there were also. I mean, you saw there were like fluke hits that came from like. 90210, like Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah, but like, that's the whole thing. Is like yeah, That was a have, hit series. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have series, even if there's like around for like a year or two. Like, I don't even know. Like a couple months. That's crazy. The show bombed. 
Anyway, yeah, yes, we got to go. Well, all right. Uh, <laughs> any, any any more parting words? Any more parting words? Um, I'll miss you next week in the flesh. Yeah, man. I know this has been fun. Um, should we do what song should we get on? On uh, well, we'll probably have to play. Oh, can we do uh, since we're in person for the second time? Uh, can we do another every... song by Tevin Campbell? No, can we do "Every Time We Touch" by Cascada? Uh, sure. You know, because we're in person, we could high five. Oh, I was like, because <laughs> we're gonna touch one another. <laughs> sure, cool. All right, we'll let you guys ponder that one. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yes, we can play that song. All right, Cascada, let's go. See you guys next time. Because every time we touch.